beginning, one with God the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory in creation, now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. And what could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Death could not hold you. Before you, you silence the boast of sin and grace. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no rival. Awesome. Awesome. Man, I think those guys did it, didn't they? I mean, come on. Come on. Give it up for them. 
That's our theme song for today as we're in this teaching series called Playlist. The, the, the objective of this teaching series is to inspire corporate passionate worship, meaning worship that is passionate when we gather together on a Sunday. So I want to I just stop for a second and say hello to everybody that's here today. I want to say hello to all of those that are worshiping with us in our, our East venue at our Kearney campus, as well as those at our North Platte campus. We are one church in multiple locations, and one of the things that we value, one of the things we want our church to be known for is a church that is passionate about their worship, not judgmental. Like, well, I can't believe they sang that song. Right? Why don't they sing these songs? Right? And it's not about being judgmental. Let me just say this to you. If you're in one of our worship services and all you want is your way, then you're never going to get God's way. I mean, I'm just telling you straight up right now. There's a lot of Sundays I want it my way, right? Which is not the way we do it. Because if just so that you know, my personal way would be different than what we do. But we do this for a reason. We do it because we're trying to chase God's heart for this very moment in time. And we're not trying to get stuck in some past moment. So in your heart and in your mind, my, my challenge to you is to free yourself up to start experiencing God at a depth of which you haven't for a while by just giving yourself to what God's doing in the midst of our church right now. He's doing amazing, incredible things. There's two important factors that you have to keep in mind if you want to have a heart that's passionately seeking God and passionately experiencing God. And those two things are proclaiming and posturing. Proclaiming is taking the name of Jesus and lifting it up, right? And proclaiming it. What a beautiful name. What a wonderful name. What a powerful name. That would be proclaiming, right? It's you opening your mouth so that your own ears can hear you. Did you realize that when you speak things with your mouth that your own ears can hear, especially uh, and primarily when it comes to the principles of God, that that actually helps to build faith? Faith is actually being built in you when you speak it that your own ears can hear it. There's a boldness about that. There's a proclamation, a declaration that happens that literally starts to change the way you think and the way that your heart acts. So yes, Paul was right when he spoke to Timothy, which is some stuff in the New Testament that if you don't know what what I'm talking about, then just hang on for the ride for a second. He is completely right when he says, it's your job, Timothy, to fan into a flame the gift of God that's in you. And church, I want to say to you today, it is your job to fan into a flame passionate worship before a holy, righteous God. I guarantee you the day you stand before God in heaven and you're, you're standing there in his presence and you're in awe, your worship's going to be different and then there's going to be this moment of thought that goes through you. I wish that I would have worshipped God with that attitude while I was on this earth. You're not going to stand there stoically before a holy, righteous God. We might kneel before a holy, righteous God, but the Bible is full of scriptures, and one of them you're going to hear today is going to blow your mind away. The Bible is full of scriptures highlighting for us how loud heaven is. Heaven is a loud place. Many, many times it talks about the roaring of angels in heaven. The roaring, the shouting. It's because they have, the king is sitting there on the throne. And guys, I'm telling you today, we might be here on earth, but our king is still sitting on the throne in heaven. And that's why we should be passionately proclaiming. 
But then that posturing piece, the posturing piece, we talked about it last week a little bit, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time. It, it deals with the, the physical posturing of kneeling or raising our hands before God. Uh, posturing uh, for um, the, the Israelites in the Old Testament would have been even posturing of cleansing themselves before coming into an act of worship or putting on certain clothing before coming into an act of worship. And that's the posturing. But posturing isn't just the physical. Posturing also goes to the heart. Posturing of the heart would be the humility before God. So to give you an example of this proclaiming in worship and posturing in worship, I want to use Psalms 95. I'm going to read just a few verses in Psalms 95. When, when we read something that is, defines the proclaiming of worship, I just want you to simply say, proclaiming. When we read something that highlights the posturing of worship, I just want you to say, that's posturing. I just want us to identify proclaiming and posturing as we go through a couple of scriptures here in Psalms 95. Let's look at verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to jump to verse 6 and 7. So here's verse 1 and 2. Come, let us sing to the Lord. That's proclaiming, right. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. That's proclaiming. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I heard both. I heard both, and I believe it's both. Proclaiming, man, what would you be thankful for? You'd be thankful for how incredible God is in his provision. But thankfulness is also a humility statement, right? Of, I know that I only have these things because of you. It's a posturing statement before God. It's both and. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. Proclaim, right. How about verse 6 and 7? Come, let us worship and bow down. Yeah, yeah, a posture. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Posture, right. For he is our God. We are the people uh, that he watches over the flock under his care. It's posture. To even say those words puts you in a posturing state before God of humbling ourselves in the face of a righteous, holy God. So today, the song is, what a beautiful name. You just heard how it proclaims the powerful name of Jesus. You also heard how this song just drives home the fact that we're worshiping an all-powerful God. But today, I want you to know something. That song is chock full of scripture. There is so much scripture that you can go to to drive home the principles of that song. I don't even have time to give them to you. I can't give them all to you. Uh, did that song, when we sing this song after this sermon, you are singing so many truths of, of God's word, you, you might not even have an idea. It's going to blow your mind away. Let's look at it today together. All right, so this song, it starts by proclaiming that the name of Jesus is a what? Do you remember? A beautiful name. A beautiful name. I, I remember when I first moved from Alaska. How many, how many people have been to Alaska before? Been to Alaska? All right. Just, uh, okay, man, you guys need to travel more in the West. All right. I'm just saying, it's probably the people in the East that have all been to Alaska uh, here at Kearney. Uh, but yeah, I remember when I moved down from Alaska, uh, I, I, I thought Alaska was beautiful. Beautiful, right? The mountains were incredible. The oceans were, the ocean was incredible. The, the glaciers were incredible. Wildlife was, it was incredible as well. And, and Nebraska is radically different. And I'm just, I'm just saying, it took me time to start seeing the beauty in Nebraska. But now, as I look at Nebraska, I see all kinds of things that are beautiful. The ability to see for miles. You can see for miles and miles. Right? The seasons that, you, that we have here. 
the agriculture. It's actually become something that's beautiful to me. I'm now a true Nebraskan. I drive by a cornfield, and I'm like, wow, honey, do you see how fast that corn grew? I'm a true Nebraskan, people. Come on. It's taken almost 20 years. Man. Woo. That was a milestone in my life. I'm celebrating it with you. Right? I've grown to understand that the people of Nebraska are beautiful. Beautiful people. And that the smell of money is something that can be beautiful as well. And if you don't know what that is, you haven't been around Nebraska long enough, ask the person next to you. The smell of money can actually be beautiful for, for short periods of time. So, to the point, to the point, it took me time to see the beauty in Nebraska. When you surrender your life to Jesus, you should start seeing the beauty in Jesus. You may not see it before, but you should start seeing it once you, once you surrender your life to him. And I'll say this to you, just like the beauty of Nebraska for me has grown over the years, so should the beauty of Jesus continue to grow in your mind's eye and in your heart, in your proclamation and in your posturing to him. The beauty of Jesus just should continue to grow and overflow your heart. Right? And this verse at the beginning of this song, it's, it's pointing our heart towards the beauty in the name of Jesus. When it uses words like this, you were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory in creation, now revealed in you, our Christ. The song, it drives us to understand that the beautiful name of Jesus has always existed. Always existed, right? That the beautiful name of Jesus wasn't some afterthought from God to deal with our sin issues. Jesus has always been, he is, and he still is going to be king of kings, lord of lords on the throne. And that the beautiful name of Jesus is the name of our God. And in John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it it drives that home with these words. It says that in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, meaning the word being Jesus. And the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. The he, Jesus, is the word. He was in the beginning. He was there. He was there when creation happened. He was there before creation even had a thought in the mind of God. He was there and he always has been there. Right? That the word being Jesus, he is our God. That's who our, that's who our God is. And when we sing those words, that you were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high, we're proclaiming this, this doctrine, this idea of Trinity, three in one, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we're driving home the fact that Jesus isn't just a good prophet, that Jesus is God. We're driving home the fact that Jesus isn't just some afterthought of God, but that Jesus is God. And when you sing those words, you sing them with a proclamation proclaiming that Jesus, you have always been because you have always been God. That's a beautiful name. Song also drives home the fact that the beautiful name of Jesus was hidden from God's creation for generations. You think about it. When you look at the Bible, the Old Testament is a time period that is absent of Jesus and that Jesus is hidden literally from them other than the prophecies that come through the prophet from time to time and through the psalmist and song, some of them knew what they were saying. Some of them had no idea what they were saying. But the mystery of Jesus is being held off for centuries and generations. That's what Colossians 1 tells us. 
It says that this message has been kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles as well. So look, here's what the secret is. And this is the secret, the secret, the mystery that's being held off for centuries and generations is this. Christ lives in you. And this gives you assurance of sharing in his glory. So what is the secret What is this thing in this word that we're singing that your hidden glory and creation now revealed to you, our Christ, is the fact that Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, he lives in you. That's a radical difference between Old Testament living in the Bible and New Testament living. It's radical difference between pre-cross and post-cross. That post-cross, Christ can live in the believer who surrenders their life to him. Pre-cross, man, they had to go to the temple. The presence of God was in one place, right? They all came. They all offered sacrifices. Radical difference in our relationship with God from knowing that there is a God that we go to worship to knowing that there is a God who now dwells within us. That's a radical difference. That should create passionate worship in us. That should also drive us to a point where we simply say this, that the name of Jesus is by far the most beautiful name I've ever heard of. By far the most beautiful name that I, that I will ever worship. So church, the secret is out. Jesus isn't trying to hide from you. The secret's out. He wants to live in you. So the question today is, is Jesus living in you? Is the name of Jesus growing in passion and in beauty from within you? And if it's not, then I would simply ask you, what's standing between you and the most beautiful name, the name of Jesus? Because after this sermon, we're going to sing this song together. We're going to proclaim it. We're going to posture our hearts before God. Church, I don't want you to miss out on that moment. Today, even in the middle of this sermon, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior... I'm challenging you. Surrender your life to him today. Don't wait for some altar call that's going to come at the end. It's going to come, trust me. At every one of our venues, at the end of every one of our services, we're always going to give people the opportunity to follow Jesus and and surrender your life to him today. But I'm telling you today, if you're searching after Christ today, you don't wait for that moment. Right now, surrender your life to him and join in with us in a minute when we sing this song. What a beautiful name. And maybe for the very first time, out of your mouth, let your mouth proclaim that Jesus is a beautiful name. But then the song goes on. The song continues by proclaiming that the name of Jesus is a... It was a test. That's good. It's a wonderful name. That's right. It's a wonderful name. Let me just ask you this. When was the last time you stood in wonder or in awe of something? Like, when was the last time that you're, you know, everything within you was just struck to the core in wonder about something? I was thinking about that this week because um, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. So did my wife, Kim. That's where the arch is. Anybody? Let's try this one. Since many of you haven't been to Alaska. Have you guys ever been to St. Louis? Seen the arch? Oh, okay, man. Oh, you guys do travel. That's good. Just a really small radius. Just a small radius. Um, you're like, don't go beyond the Mississippi. Who knows what's on the other side of that? Um, so the art sits there. It's the gateway to the, the West. The gateway to the West. That's right. That's where I grew up. 
So um, I remember as a kid going down there, and the reason why this has been brought to my attention is that my, our youngest daughter, Christian, her husband, and their two kids are in St. Louis on vacation, right? Visiting family and going around and seeing all these things that we used to take our kids to so that they could value what we valued growing up you know, as children. And one of the things I saw this week was, my, was two of our grandchildren at the arch. And I, my mind flashed back. And I, I remember standing there at the arch with my back against the arch, looking up just in wonder at this incredible thing, knowing that in a few minutes, I'm going to be inside of it. And when we got to the top, and then the windows at the top, if you've ever been there, they don't, they're not like this. They're like this. And as a little kid, you have to be hoisted up and laid on the window, right? It's almost like child abuse. It's really close. And you lay the kid up there, and they're like, like this, right? And you're just, you're just like staring out this window. And I just remember laying there with my face against the window in awe and wonder. Awe and wonder. I remember, like, like I was telling you a second ago about Alaska, I, I remember that first morning that I woke up and the sun came up and the sun started shining on these majestic mountains. And I remember just standing there in awe. Like I'd never seen a mountain because I'm a St. Louis kid, right? So there's no mountains, no oceans. I'm just in awe. I just stand there in wonder and in awe. I still have those moments today, moments of prayer, moments of um, worship, moments of reading God's word. I have moments when I'm just in wonder of an amazing, incredible God. And that's what this song is trying to do. This song in verse 2, it was written from a heart of wonder and a heart of awe in our incredible God. The words say this, you didn't want heaven without us. (sighs) Wonderful. Incredible. It's an awe-inspiring statement. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, but your love was greater. Again, I'm in wonder. What could separate us now? This song, it it really just drives home points like this, that the wonderful name of Jesus, um, wonderful name of Jesus has made a way for heaven to be full. Just think about that for a minute. The wonderful name of Jesus has made a way for heaven to be full, and that Jesus literally wants heaven to be full. Let that just stop for a moment and blow your mind away. How much does God love people? He wants heaven to be full. In fact, in John 17, this is exactly what Jesus prayed. He says, Father, I want these whom you have given to me to be with me where I am. Prophetically talking about where he actually sits on the throne. Then they can see, right? Because this is how how we drive it home. Then they can see all the glory that you've given me. Right? The only place you're going to see all the glory that's been given to Jesus is when you're with him in heaven. That you've been given to me. Because you loved me even before the world began. Another point driving home that Jesus, he existed before the earth was even a thought in the heart or in the mind of God. So Jesus wants heaven to be full. Jesus, being fully God, he stepped down out of heaven to earth. And he built a bridge between the great divide that was caused by our sin. See, once heaven and earth, they were slammed together as one. But then our sin, it fractured the two apart. And instead of God coming and airlifting us out of this earth, he sent Jesus. Jesus came and he brought heaven down to this earth, which changed everything, guys. It changed everything. 
Everything was changed when heaven came, when the mystery, the secret was unveiled, and Jesus now lives inside of the believer, which now builds the bridge between us back to God, and it breaks the separation. I just think that that, that's, that this blows my mind away. But also this song, it's driving home at the wonderful name of Jesus that reminds us of the incredible love that God has for us as well. And this scripture, every time I read it, I just sit in awe of it. But Romans chapter 5, verse 8, you probably know it. It says that God showed his great love for us by doing what? Sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Doesn't that just blow your mind away? You and me would never do that. Like, we don't think about people that are treating us the worst. We don't think about how we can bless them. We think about how we can curse them. That's right, and some people do. And others, we just get away from them. We don't want to have anything to do with them. What does God do? He sees our sin, which is the most offensive act we can do before him. And what does he do? He goes, I'm going to love them. I'm going to send my son to give his life so that they might, they might have a way back to me and have a relationship with me. That should send you into a point of wonder and a, and a point of awe. It should literally make you want to sing the song, What a Wonderful Name It Is, The Name of Jesus. So church, today, allow your heart to be caught up in the wonder of God. Don't sit there like a a log. Don't sit there like a brick and go, I've heard that before. When's he going to speak something that's different? Is that the only verse he knows? When's he going to go to the deep things of God? I'm already there. You missed it. We're there. Our hearts right now should feel a little spongy as the Holy Spirit's like tugging on the heart right now, going, am I still wonderful? Do you still find yourself in awe of me? Because if you don't, spiritual health check, something's wrong, people. If we don't find ourselves in wonder and awe of God, We better run back to the source really quick and let our eyes become wide-eyed and mystified at the wonder and the awe of Jesus. The song, it ends by proclaiming that the name of Jesus is a powerful name. When I think of power, my mind goes to a few things like electrical power that's created by coal or water moving, right? Or wind or solar. And the fact that I just go and I flip the light switch and boom, I have light. You guys in awe of that as well? Like that's power. I love that. I'm really thankful to be alive in 2017, by the way. All right, because there's a lot of powerful things going on, you know, with like little phones and electricity and everything that can happen that way, right? I'm also, when I mind things of power, I go to strength and I think about people that have the ability to pick up heavy things and to move them. And man, I'm just like, that's powerful, right? I don't want to do that. I'll throw my back out. I also think of like power in the sense of a title, like CEO or president or a king of a country or a nation. And I think about these things, but there is nothing that I can fathom or understand that would even compare to the power of the wonderful, powerful name of Jesus. Nothing compares. Nothing compares to him. Nothing compares to his power. All these other things I've been mentioning, by the way, are all created by him. He is the ultimate power source. 
Right? His power is so far beyond anything you and me can fathom or understand. We have nothing to even measure it with. And the chorus or the bridge of this song actually is driving home this point and is blowing our mind away with how many biblical truths it's saying about the powerful name of Jesus. It uses words like this. The death, it could not hold you. The veil, it was torn before you. You silenced the boast of sin and the grave. The heavens are roaring the praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You, you, God, you have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, our God reigns. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Amen? And when Jesus died on that cross that day, God took the veil that separated man from his very presence that hung in the temple between the holy place and the holy of holies. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 27 that it was ripped from the top to the bottom as if God grabbed a hold of it like it was a thin piece of paper and he just ripped it from the top to the bottom making a proclamation to mankind. The mystery, the secret is over. Now Jesus can live in you. The powerful name of Jesus, it conquered death And it's what sets Christianity apart. That Jesus, he didn't die, but that he is alive. He's not buried in some grave someplace. In Romans chapter 6, verse 9, it says it this way, that we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Right? Right? The cross, guys, it was just half of the equation. The empty tomb is the other half of the equation. In fact, it's the empty tomb that silences the boast of sin and the grave. It's the empty tomb that silences the voice of the enemy. It's the empty tomb that shuts down the mouth of Satan himself. It's the empty tomb that separates Christianity from anything else. It's the empty tomb. His name is powerful, and that's why the heavens, they roar with praise. Listen to what's going on in heaven right now. Revelations 19.1. After this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting this. Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. When we proclaim the powerful name of Jesus, we're not alone. We're joining in with the heavenly host right now. And it should bring joy. It should bring security. It should bring victory. And those things, they should flood your heart and cause you to roar with a proclamation of the name of Jesus being more powerful than any other name. We should start thinking literally like the angels think. Here's how the angels think. The battle, the battle's already been won. That's how angels think. You know how man thinks? There's a battle. I'm in a big battle. I don't know, God, if you can handle this one. This is overwhelming. I mean, this is, this is taking me down. You know how angels think? The battle's already been won. You know how angels think? The battle's been won. We're waiting for one last thing, Jesus to go and claim his prize. What's his prize? His followers. We are the prize of a battle already won. Why are our eyes more focused on the battle than on the powerful name of Jesus, church? Shift your vision today. Line it up with the angelic hosts, and I guarantee you, out of your very belly, out of your very spirit, will come today a voice that proclaims a proclamation that the name of Jesus is the most powerful name that I have ever heard. 
Lastly, though, the powerful name of Jesus is a name that's above all other names. The, the, the song sang it, but God's word said it first. It says it in Philippians. Therefore, God elevated him, being Jesus, to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That, at the name of Jesus, that's above all other names, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, to the glory of God the Father. They should posture themselves, and they will proclaim. I'm not going to wait for that day to happen before I posture myself correctly before God, and I start proclaiming the powerful name of Jesus. And my, my challenge to you today is, you shouldn't wait either. So let your proclamation of, a, of the beautiful, wonderful, powerful name of Jesus fill each and every one of our venues today. As you sing the very word of God, and as you declare the very person of Jesus, allow your heart today to express the beauty of Jesus. Allow your heart today to be in wonder of Jesus. And allow your heart to experience the very power of Jesus. Don't miss out on this holy, special moment that we're all sitting in right now. Give yourself away to him and let him do the incredible in your life. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Lord, your name, it's a powerful name. We saw that in your word. We're getting ready to proclaim it. Your name, Lord, it's a wonderful name. And today we choose to stand in awe of the name of Jesus. And we're in a moment, we're going to proclaim that as well. And may you just strike us in even a deeper way in the wonder and the awe of our Lord of Lords and King of Kings, Jesus. Lord, in a few minutes, we get a chance just to proclaim that your name is a beautiful name. It is, Lord. And in the hearts of believers that are hearing my voice today, May the beauty of Jesus ever increase in them. And may today be one more moment where you take them just a little deeper in their wonder, their awe, and in their beauty of you, Jesus. Have your way in this church. Lord, work miracles in this church in these next few minutes. Do the miraculous in this church in these next few minutes. Lord, as we seek you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, may your spirit come and move upon this church. In Jesus' name, amen.